Hello. You did it. You've done it again. I've done it again. We did it together. You've clicked on it, folks. This is Inside the Whale. I am Doug Cody. I am your host of Nantucket's first podcast. This is episode number 17. We are on September. What's the day today? September 29th. Fall is here. The weather has been absolute. What a September, right, folks? I know there hasn't been rain, but come on. That's been a pretty epic September. We had just killer beach days with no one on the beach. September really is the month for us, the people that live here. Wow. And there's been surf, and there's been amazing people attending the island. One person in, in specifics. Mr. Neil Young was on Nantucket this weekend, and I saw him in person. He walked right by me, one of my heroes, not only as a musician, but as an activist through the Nantucket Project was going on this weekend, and I was fortunate enough to uh, have been able to attend. I filled out the essay online and got the email saying that I was able to attend and I got to be honest with you folks, I was uh, a little bit of a hater on it. I said, oh, it just seemed like one of those things that was cool, but I couldn't attend. But no, I was able to attend. They put it up on Facebook that they were giving away passes to locals. If you filled out a 50-word essay, when's the last time I have sat down and wrote an essay about the future? What? It felt like college again. But I did it, and I got to go and experience the Nantucket Project, and I can't say enough about it. What an interesting uh, collection of thinkers and just smart, smart, talented people. And, you know, Tom, the Nantucket Nectar guy, and Kate, the woman putting it on, really do a fantastic job of bringing together some really creative, innovative people. And to think that it goes on here on the island is pretty cool. And uh, I got to go and then see Neil Young. There was a dinner that I didn't attend, but I still got to see him come and speak a little. And he was uh, curmudgeonly Neil, you know, man of few words. He's not a big talker, but apparently he did talk at the dinner. But uh, at the church there was just seeing Neil Young sit down and just look around. He's kind of got this bulldog face on him. He just <laughs> his message was simple. Love. You know, and another message was, uh, if you have a voice, you have a choice. I just found the whole Nantucket project inspiring. For me, someone that's living out here doing this podcast, you know, I felt like it fell in line with that. People that are doing things and creating things and bringing something to the communities they live in. You know, very cool. Uh, very fortunate enough to uh, have attended. So uh, definitely next year when it comes around, it's worth checking out, folks. It's worth trying to get those passes. And uh, they do. They involve uh, locals. You're allowed to go. You know, I think it was expensive for other people. Uh, it was free. All you had to do was write a, an essay. And I did, and I'm glad I did. So anyway, that was interesting. Uh, Island still seems busy. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, there's a lot of bachelorette parties coming out here. I didn't know that Nantucket is now the premier bachelorette party destination, but it is. So uh, there's that. I just have noticed a lot of just packs of women walking around, stumbling around, drinking rosé. Oh, well, part of the part of the deal. You want to live on a vacation island. That's part of the deal, Doug. Get used to it. 
town felt very busy too. It still felt like it was uh, middle of July. So things are still cracking out here. Anyway, let's get to my guest today for episode 17 is Isaiah Truman, the head of Club Isaiah, the new health club. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but he's in charge of the controversial, I guess, a lot of people are up in arms about uh, this club getting built. And there's a lot of people on different sides of the argument, whether the island needs this fitness club. And I'd been following uh, from the perimeters this story, especially on social media, people posting things about the club. Boston.com did an article about it. And uh, wow, there's a lot of haters. And I and I I know Isaiah a little bit. I got to know him a little better now after this conversation. But he, you know, people were really adamant uh, about their feelings, strong feelings. And he was engaging, uh, you know, trying to set the record straight. And I felt like he deserved a chance to uh, have something other than just a, a little article and uh, with a comment thread and a chance to sit down and hear him talk and see his passion and get a feel for who he is as a person, what he wants to bring to this community. And as you'll hear in the conversation, he's clearly passionate about bringing this club to the community and what it can benefit people and uh, and what people can get out of it. So listen to the conversation. I think uh, I think you might uh, those people that are anti this fitness club coming here might feel a little differently. So uh, with that being said, let's get to it. Let's get to the conversation with Isaiah Truman, episode seventeen, folks. Here we go. It's time to go inside the whale. Guys, now he might whale. Show us your crooked jaw. Show us your wrinkled brow. Rise. He rises! Sean was just at Swami's. All right, let's go. So I think what we should do is first, uh, Let me leave first. get, um, I like to do just more of like how people arrived on Nantucket. Oh, that's cool. You know, like the little backstory, I think yeah. it's more important before we get into sure. what, why you're here. Yeah. Talk about how you ended up here and, and when you started cool. coming out here. Well, I started coming out here about 15 years ago, which was like um, 2000. And I was living in Boston and I was going to school at Berkeley College of Music. And I was For studying, what? I was studying uh, jazz and percussion. Guitar? Uh, or Percussion drums. Drums, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right, drummer. Yeah. And... Um, I was working in uh, Fit Corp in the Prudential Center um, to, to kind of pay my way through school. And that led into working at a bunch of different health clubs in the city. And that, uh, I was the first hire at the sports club in, in the Ritz, which is now an Equinox. And I was like 20. And I met this gentleman, Norman Levinson, who was a client and um, a, great, a great friend. And he said to me, after about a year of working together, have you ever been to Nantucket? And I said, no, I what's, sort of heard of it. I heard a riddle about it once, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> right, yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to get you a book of tickets, and you're going to come out every weekend, and I've got a house for you, and I've got a car for you, and you're all set. All you need to do is train me and the family, and I'll take good care of you. 
Sweet. It was great. You know, I was 20 and I started flying back and forth and doing like three, four day weekends. And uh, next summer we did it again. And I said, Norman, can I expand a little and, and pick up some other clients? He said, no problem. As long as, you know, I'm your top priority. Uh, and, and, and you would just train him, right? You were in the family. His, like His wife, his daughter, any friends he had coming uh, to town. And uh, we did it for years. As a matter of fact, we still do. 15 years huh. later, we were training all summer. This summer is doing great. Huh. His wife as well. That's cool. Yeah. They're our neighbors. We live right down the street from them on uh, Nobody Air on Surfside. Nice. Um, and so, uh, you know, that evolved over the last 15 years coming back. Uh, every Just for year. summers or? Mostly summers, but longer and longer. And, and um, I mean, for me as a trainer, I was in Boston. I was in Greenwich. I was in New York City for about a, a decade working in different clubs and, you know, ditching the clientele or the gig to come out here for the summer and work and then go back in the fall was always challenging. And every year I thought, man, I, I just love it so much here. So you've been in the health club, like Crunch, Equinox, all these LA sports. Different. I've been involved more in uh, the higher end clubs in New York and in Boston to a certain extent. And then a lot of performance uh, clubs. So less the big boxes and more the uh, without sounding like a jerk, the billionaires' boys' clubs and the which are like what? What's one in Manhattan? I'm trying to think of the uh, if there's the core club. There's, gotcha. Uh, Sitaris Fitness on the east side. There was Casa, which was on the Upper East Side, which was like a penthouse, you know, training club for these you know very successful New Yorkers. I was there for a couple of years, and um, and just being back and forth between Boston and New York and Nantucket, I started to. Uh, gain a kind of a following of you know executives and their families and that sort of evolved also by helping to open the Westmore gym and the Great Harbor gym met a lot of people through that process as well and uh, you know eventually I wanted to be not in the city because being in the city is hard you know you're yeah, yeah. New York's and, I, and I love the lifestyle but I hadn't lived here in the winter and uh, so we ended up moving to San Diego because it was the closest thing we could find to the Nantucket lifestyle of beachy and beachy you know, and surf weather <laughs> but year round and a pretty big fitness community pretty right yeah, very big fitness community very different um, it is um, you know there are a lot of options all year round to going to a gym Right. You can bike, you can run, you can surf. It's, the weather's great. You can find a trainer for cheap to take you to the beach. Um, the fitness centers there are, are bigger and older, and I wasn't terribly impressed with the industry. Um, and it's kind of watered down, whereas here it's very um, condensed, if that makes sense. Huh. They're sort of opposite uh, socioeconomic environments. Um, so it was a great place to develop this brand in this club and these this approach to integrating all these different uh, specialists for uh, the, the members and their results but um, it wasn't ever going to be what we're doing here on Nantucket it just isn't possible Nantucket's so unique you know we, gotcha so basically your, your name got I'm trying to like put the picture together your name would get passed around like Isaiah's great you got to hire this guy he's a great personal trainer all these guys started passing your name around mm hmm like, this guy's the go-to guy if you mm -hmm. want results. But it was getting passed around. Uh, true. Exactly. But uh, at, at the Jetstream level, which was really fun as a young guy, 
Um, of course. So, so would people like fly you out? Like, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. These CEOs, I'm going to be in town for a week. Can you? But I'm going to be in Denver. Can you fly out to Denver and, and be here? That kind of stuff. Not quite, but but you know, pretty much. Like, uh, certainly a lot of offers and a couple job offers. You know, name your price and travel with me. But um, that was never my goal. Was and I had a bunch of friends who were making tons of money traveling around to Colorado and California and New York and back with their you know, big time clients, which is great uh, on one level, but I had a different vision and mission. Uh, and, you know, just delivering everything I had for one guy wasn't, wasn't it. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just thinking of my buddy who was a, he was a trainer at Equinox. Hmm. And <laughs> that, the, the, some the personal trainer dynamic can be tricky. He had a couple of uh, dicey situations. I'm not saying that your situation is that, but he had great stories. The personal trainer and the, oh, uh, Tons of stories. And the housewife. Oh, boy. And, and the millionaire housewife that's home and a little bored and, like, husband's not around. He had some crazy stories. Wow. I'm sure. Yeah, totally. And I'm sure that – I'm sure that probably scenarios exists out there. But, uh, you know, I, I think that that world, you know, kind of – people just need that. Uh, if you're a super busy person and you don't want to go to the gym, right, so they would hire basically a personal trainer, right? I'm just what, – what's the advantage of having someone like yourself come – well, I think, I think arguably the best way to get where you're going is to hire a coach no matter what you're doing or professional, whether it's your taxes, fixing your car or taking care of your health. If you have somebody who's highly experienced and very knowledgeable and basically dedicated their life to it, chances are they're going to walk you through what you need to do much faster than you will figure it out on your own personal journey. Um, and there are benefits to doing things always. You have to take responsibility, but coaching in general I think is – pretty much accepted as a very good route to getting results. So do you consider yourself a coach? Yes. Uh, never really. A fitness been, coach? You, well, I would say performance coach. Okay. You know, we're looking at... Um, That's, is that an industry buzzword, performance coach? No, unfortunately, I mean, it, yes, it is a little bit, but it's something that I've used because it's very descriptive and, and indicates the difference between a personal trainer and a performance coach just by virtue of using the word. But what it is, without knocking anybody, is... You know, trainers, you tend to find them at an Equinox, a fitness center. Totally. And they're they're doing some programming. Um, some of them are really great. Some It's kind of hit or miss industry. And a lot of times they're sort of counting reps and cheerleading. And it's not the same as a performance coach who is really looking at mechanics of your body, understands um, sports science, and has a strong background in, in delivering athletic results, which can be transferred to a fitness individual somebody who's just looking to lose weight or stay active but they do it in a way that it's really all geared around measurement results mechanics function they have a very strong what i would call um, periodization or plan behind their programs and um, it's just a, a, the next level of of training it's more like i want to dunk a basketball more than like i want to lose five pounds Gotcha. Now, where did you get your training? Your all that physiology and biology. Mostly, the the best place I learned was just working in almost twenty different uh, companies over the last two decades, and just men being mentored by other great trainers and experts. But I've got a ton of certifications from right because there's all sorts of every yeah. state's different, right? Yeah. For... Yeah. Well, most of these are national. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, you learn a fair amount, but it's just, uh, you know, thousands of hours of working with clients and reading and studying and practicing and working with other people. It's, 
Uh, it's sort of like music. You can definitely go to school for it, and I think that's you know that knowledge base is critical. But most of what you learn is learned by doing. Right. Yeah. The actual uh, time spent. Yeah. Just in there working, doing it. Doing it. So I want to go back. Where did you grow up? Amherst, Mass, Western Mass. So you grew up in Amherst, Mass. Father and mother still together? No, father passed away a long time ago. Just grew up with mom and younger brother. Um, It was a challenge. Definitely a very humble beginning. Okay. (laughs) And mom is still working? Uh, Mom's in San Diego now. She lives in Encinitas, California. And so that's what kind of got me out there. Uh, Another element of of why I had... um, gone there for a couple of years and uh, uh, she's uh, she's retired nice and your brother's he around he's in Boston yeah he's what doing is... real estate gotcha uh, sales and then he comes out here for the summers he works with me as well oh so will he be involved in the project definitely nice yeah, yeah he's a good kid did he help you with all the stuff you've been going through right now or um, yes the development you know, and stuff to the best of his ability but I've I've kept it pretty uh, close to the chest just because, um, you know, I, I take full responsibility, so it's not quite time to start delegating yet. Right, so you grew up in Amherst, you go, you start working, training in Boston, and then you decide you want to go out to California, mm-hmm. you go out there for that lifestyle, and then, so how did the, how did these, the, the seeds start planting for the fitness club here in Nantucket? Well, we came back every year, I met my wife on the island, we got engaged on the island, we actually had like a Nantucket themed wedding in La Jolla, which was fun. Um, and we would just come back every summer and, you know, the, I just could see the opportunity brewing. Um, I felt like the island didn't have a real A plus athletic club. Also, I feel like the East coast doesn't have like a, a killer, absolute winner combination of, you know, lifestyle, active lifestyle club combined with a real peak performance um, kind of program and mentality. I don't see like a Cropalo or a Canyon Ranch or Miraval type resort program anywhere that is accessible for a longer period of time. Typically, you'll go to one of those resorts, you'll spend like five grand for three days, but the impact of three days on your life isn't that great, unfortunately. So I think, you know, having a, a full three months is life changing. And that's sort of what I wanted to develop out here, something that blends, I think, the best of these different industries that are kind of segregated, if that makes sense. Yeah, so um, I immediately think of these, um, obviously CrossFit is huge mm-hmm. right now, and these CrossFit centers are blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is different than a CrossFit center. This is, this is specifically geared for um, peak performance. So it, when you say peak performance, I immediately think athletes. Yeah, I think a lot of what we do comes from working with athletes out here. The focus would be more like golf and tennis, uh, equestrian, uh, sailing are the athletic-minded, you know, focus. But yeah. really, it's all an impetus to get yourself. We can, we'll call them high-end sports. High-end sports, yeah. <laughs> yeah, skiing. We like to surf, so there's something yeah. out here. Surfing's uh, cheap, yeah. relatively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's still a high-end sport. Like, you have to have the time. You have to be able to travel. You need time. Yeah. Yeah, as I'm it's, finding out. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think there's an athletic thing, but it's also a lifestyle thing. And you know, CrossFit is great um, in a lot of ways. They've paved the way for awareness around athletic training and the difference between your your older trends of aerobics and bodybuilding and straight 
strength training and uh, now they've taken the awareness level towards a little bit more towards explosive lifting, Olympic weightlifting, and and power lifting, yeah. which has always baffled me. People yeah. doing the the issue there is that CrossFit was originally created by Greg Glassman with a couple of buddies, and you know the story basically goes there are a couple of, like Navy SEAL guys trying to make the hardest workouts they can in a garage. It was never really a business model. It's more of a workout a set of workouts. And, um, but he was the one that turned it into a business model, right? Yeah. And I just saw him on 60 Minutes. The surprising thing is it's typically it's, they make their money through certifications, which are weekend seminars. So it's, the money is really in CrossFit, creating more CrossFit coaches, which is sort of a low-quality approach, unfortunately. And the business model tends to be like buy all this equipment, put it in your garage. There's not really like a proper... CrossFit club, Reebok got involved, uh, and they created a few what I would call like flagship training centers. But the issue with it is that you know the, the owners aren't really making money, and uh, there are people who are getting great results, but for very limited time because they end up getting injured. And that's from not doing, from not actually doing the exercise properly, right? Well, they say there are no bad exercises. There are just um, there are bad ways to do good exercises. And an example of that would be taking something that is very high impact and doing it like an endurance exercise for lots of lots of reps or time, right? So when you when intensity goes up and volume goes up, when the weight goes up and the amount of repetitions both go up at the same time, that equals injury. Like for example, let's just take squatting for example. Right. What you see a lot of these people doing. My opinion on squatting was unless you're a professional athlete, I don't think you need to be squatting. We're probably not with what weight. do you? And I see people at the. It always cracked me up at the gym. I'd see a guy over there, and he'd be squatting, and he's probably one thirty-five, and he's got two cookies on either side, two twenty-five, and he's got these little toothpick legs. And I'm like, why is this guy squatting? Unless you're a professional, do you need explosive speed? I don't even know if uh, squatting gives you that. Like most of the running backs I've known, they don't want to do legs because they don't. The extra muscle really slows them down. They want shoulder muscle, like padding, like a torpedo loaded huh. in the front. Up top. Yeah, but the, the lower body, they want to keep it lean and fast, which makes sense. Um, yeah, you want driving power. There's a, squats is a huge debate. Yeah, well, really you mentioned pain. injury, and that's yeah. isn't that one of the ones that most common injuries from doing that? Back injuries or just from... I don't know. I think more injuries that I've seen from CrossFit are excessive use of the Olympic lifts, the snatch and the clean and jerk, which lead to neck, shoulder, back. Again, why is anyone doing a clean and jerk unless you're going to be a, unless you're going to be a, if you're going to be a, a professional power lifter, I would think, I don't know, I, I guess I'm an old school, you know, I played lacrosse in college and they, that was the, the workout was clean bench, and jerk. bench press, clean and jerk was one of the tests we had to do in our weight training. I just thought it was, unless you're going to go in the Olympics to do that kind of exercise. It seems archaic. It doesn't seem like it serves any purpose. Well, I would challenge that. Really? Okay. I would say that the complex lifts are training your neuromuscular system. So when you do a clean and jerk, what's really being challenged is your nervous system, which sits up behind your neck. And the nervous system's like the little Wizard of Oz behind the curtain pulling all the levers. And then out front, you see the big you know, dragon rear its head. And that's your muscular system uh, basically, you know, telling your skeletal system what to do. So it all starts with your nervous system. The more complex, the more challenged, the more balanced, the more timing, the more your nerves and the way they react to your brain messages uh, get synchronized. 
right? So everything okay. starts working together like a symphony, like a harmony, because you have to bring this weight from down at your feet all the way up overhead, which requires like multiple things to happen, versus bench press or squat, which are still multiple joint movements, but you could take it even simpler, like bicep curl or arm extension or hamstring curl. It's just a single joint movement, very much, much lower level of complexity, and it's really a muscular-oriented exercise. So you're you're not learning, your body isn't learning as much skill. Um, so when it, you know, there are a lot of other ways to acquire skills, agility drills, all types of different speed, speed drills and conditioning, jogging, you're not acquiring a lot of skill, mm-hmm. you know, um, elliptical machine, not a lot of skill, sprinting uphill or upstairs, a lot more skills involved with the timing of all of that. And obviously the intensity is higher and the Olympic weight lifts are, um, are similar. They're like the high-end spectrum of strength training. So you have kind of like Olympic weightlifting at the top, and then you come down a little less intense as the um, power lifts, which are actually strength lifts. And then down below that, you have more like your your single joint and bodybuilding approach, hypertrophy, purposes to gain mass. With Olympic lifts, you're not gaining big muscle mass. You're gaining lean, very uh, responsive, fast-twitch muscle fiber more like a sprinter than a marathon runner. Um, uh, Maybe that's not the best analogy, but more like a sprinter than a bodybuilder. No, I understand. I I get what you're getting at, though. So I guess that all those kind of exercises have different roles for different people, and I think what, like, these gyms, like you're talking about, the one you are going to open is going to have different strokes for different folks, right? So certain types of exercise. You just want to have that. Well, you have some 18-year-old lacrosse players who are doing clean and jerks because we know as soon as they get back to school, that's the first thing the coach is going to look at them do in the gym, right? To see if they've been... Yeah, yeah. and and kids who don't know how to do it will have a hard time with a bar. And kids who have been practicing can do it with 225 pounds. And the coach is like, wow, I can see the difference, right? Is that translated into lacrosse skill? Maybe not so much, but certainly going to help. Um, but then at the same time, on the other side of the room, you're going to have an 85-year-old, you know, grandpa who had a heart attack and is just trying to add an extra 10 years to his life to be around his grandkids. And have a whole different, you know, program and protocol for somebody like him. But I would say what, what we do, different than a CrossFit, because that was kind of your core question, right. is we have a six-step fitness and wellness program that integrates both your personal fitness program with therapy program with a physical therapist and a nutrition program and the team works together to evolve you both through our program and protocol but also to take into account all of your interests and goals and maybe you're a golfer and you want to drive the ball farther we're going to put all that together your injury profile your fitness needs your personal goals and that's just very very unique and powerful people can play it pay it lip service but i've done it and I know firsthand that it, that is the secret sauce. It really works. Well, I think that's important to note that you've seen the results and you've done the work. And I think that I think that leads us into the uh, the actual club. And I think we can talk about uh, bringing that out here. Uh, I think it's important. The reason that I wanted you ha- to have you as a guest is because I felt like that you needed a platform. There's been a lot of stuff on social media, especially on Nantucket. There's been all this stuff going on. And I was trying, I saw the negative and I see the positive. I think that, uh, you know, a chance for you to explain how it came about and who you are. I don't think that 
you're getting a fair shake out there. I think there's a lot of people that are just hating on it because they're jumping on this bandwagon. Oh, housing's an issue. There's all these other issues. But I think you're a person like anybody else who has an opportunity. And I think anybody else that had an opportunity would take that. You know? And you're not doing anything that's... No one else is... You know, there's other people starting businesses out here. I don't think it's any different. And I think that you deserve a chance to explain who you are in a more, in a long form, in this kind of format, where you came from, what you're into. I clearly, you're passionate about fitness and you want to bring something to the community. Yes. And I think that what's been covered in the press is the price tag and the initiation fee and people are just lumping it together with this, oh, another rich thing and then it creates this us versus them. Right. So I think you deserve a, a chance to come on, come on here and explain, you know, what you want to bring in because I get it. I think, you know, you know, it was cool today. Uh, somebody wrote a new article and uh, my wife read it to me and uh, it was so balanced. And she was like, wow, this, how, when did you interview with this guy? And I was like, I've never spoken to him before. And yet he had all the information straight. He had it was perfectly well balanced. It was totally fair. And he clearly just did his homework. And that was fundamentally the first difference it was like this guy didn't have an agenda. There's plenty of information. I got nothing to hide. It's all on the Internet. He goes, he pulls, he cites all his different sources from different articles, and he puts it, puts the facts out there. And I, I just, I was very impressed by that. It was one of the first true, um, you know, really good representations, I thought, of, of what we're about. Um, not that the articles haven't been good. Any press is good press, I guess. But I agree, we've been, uh, they've been slanted a little bit. And, and you've taken to actually responding to people in the comment threads which is a really bold step and you know you're clearly passionate and you want to defend it because I think people are so quick to be like oh it's another rich thing that supports the rich in the community and I think that uh, you know I look at it as a person that was given an opportunity you know and I think anybody would take that opportunity so someone's trusting you to run this fitness club you come into this really you know, it's kind of a lot of sharks out here, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been, you know, I health clubs are my business, so I see the world through that lens. When I see a big, beautiful piece of real estate, I think that would make a great health club. You know, maybe that's uh, not the Ben's best lens to, to look through. There are uh, better businesses out there, but it's the one that I know and that I'm very passionate about. And so I've been seeing the opportunity to do something like this for quite some time on the island. And honestly, uh, a buddy of mine just, uh, message me from the uh, sports club back in the day 15 years ago and he said I remember when you used to talk about this and I've always said you know if so you've been thinking about this for a long time long time, long time. 15 years yeah I've looked at many spaces I've talked to many different partners I've nearly broken ground a few times um, once near the brewery I've had multiple uh, properties under contract I've spent tons of time and energy and money at uh, town planning and you know they say every overnight success is 10 years in the making well this is definitely one of those situations and as it should be you know nobody just walks in here cold and, and hits a home run and I think that I think there's a little bit of that I think people from the comments on Facebook have this idea that you just came in here and you're just this big gun that's going to come in here and throw up this multi-million dollar health facility. Right. Like it was a casino, but it couldn't be farther from the truth. Right, and I think that's why I wanted to have you on today, because you deserve a, a chance in long form to explain your vision and your passion and where you come from and who you are, because I think that that changes the narrative that's been portrayed on the internet. 
Well, as I was telling you before from my little background story, you know, I was coming out here and, and working more and more every year and building a following between here and, and the mainland, which is very similar, and uh, decided that my wife and I really wanted to make this our home. Uh, last summer, I um, looked at every property on the island, and I was very fortunate to meet my partner, Jeff uh, Koshulik from West Bay Development, who... Is this the backer? Is um, Jeff the backer? You, you could say he is in that he is the original landowner, and that's the main linchpin, is finding the right piece of property, and this is no small piece of property. The zoning and the location, and um, you know, it's a pretty complex first step, and so he's both the original landowner and uh, the contractor and builder, and a 31-year veteran on the island with over 150 homes, uh, you know, under his belt, and so just very well connected in the community and uh, well respected. Um, you know, everybody's got some lovers and haters, so uh, none of us are perfect, but he, he's proven to me to be an absolute man of his word, and I just I uh, trust immensely in, in his ability. To so he will do the construction of the, of the facility. Yeah. Well, he, he won't single-handedly be... Uh, he'll know, sub out stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. He'll but he'll be, be the GC of it. Correct. Gotcha. Um, and so that kind of ignited this opportunity to do... And how job. did you meet him? I just met him through Pound on the Pavement, like any good entrepreneur. I mean, I looked at every single property out there. Um, my real estate agent and his real estate agent um, connected through another property that we were looking at. And I thought, ah, he's, I should meet Jeff. This property was never even on the market for 20-something years. He's owned it. It's never been on the market. You drive right by it every day. You would never even know it's there. It's a spectacular location. And yeah, and it's crazy because even at the uh, the the uh, club's website, it yeah. gives you the the pin the for location, it, yeah. the location, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Uh, it's right out by the airport. Yeah. Well, I just you know I was working with some other very very high profile folks on the island, and they have their own fitness center at home, and you know, and a nice little estate. Yeah, I was you know I thought about that. Yeah. Wouldn't most of the people that if if they're wealthy enough to have trainers, most of these houses out here have fitness clubs in them they have their own yeah gym with a spa with a basketball court with a pool with a tennis court with you know the whole thing but then you're on Nantucket for a couple of weeks you've got yourself and your spouse your kids your parents and your guests all coming out all summer and um, how do you staff it so now you know dad's running around Boston trying to find people who are going to charge him 10x the price to come out here and work for a couple of weeks it's very difficult to do and so where a lot of people have created businesses in, um, you know, property maintenance and landscaping and home building and window washing and everything else. I'm, I'm doing the same thing except just for your health. I'll coordinate all the time-consuming stuff that you don't want to have to deal with because you don't want to drive from your therapist to your trainers to your nutritionist to try and get your kid on track. So you're going to have therapists there? <laughs> physical therapist. Physical All right. Yeah. That's even more brilliant. Yeah. I think you should have yeah. psychotherapists there. Well, there's, there's an element I'm sure that. I'm sure there's, that's probably in the works. I, I think you have to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> Mindset, I right. think, is a, a key a component to being successful, but um, you know, we refer out for other professional services. <laughs> so, so someone says, well, 120000 is the price tag to join in a $5,000 yearly membership. That's too much. I mean, that's, that they're, they're alienating, you know, 70% of the, the island. What's your rebuttal? 
Well, firstly, the joining fee is a refundable loan. So if you choose to lose, uh, leave down the road, you get 100% of your money back that day. We buy memberships back. So that's important to realize. It's a loan. It's not a sunk cost. It's not like that money's gone to you forever. The $5,000 a year is for a family of four, and we're open year-round, which breaks down to about 100 bucks a month per person, which is not out of the realm of reality. It's less than an Equinox. Um, what is Equinox? It's, it's like 129 to 170 bucks for their upscale, you know, multi-location one. Um, yeah, Chelsea Piers, I think, is 240 or something. Yeah, so in Manhattan, it's crazy. So this, you know, this is still a good value, especially relative to the other options on the on the island, which are, I would say, somewhat slim. Um, we are planning to offer a year-round resident membership. Um, so. For somebody who is on the island and you know typically owns a small business, um, they can join at a discounted rate, about half, essentially, sixty thousand. Still the same. Um, Would there be a payment plan like? Possibly, you know, um, not something we're encouraging, but uh, it might be possible to arrange something. Um, but more importantly, there's also the option for them to make it a corporate membership instead of a family. So engage people through their workplace. Um, which then becomes a tax write-off. Again, the money is refundable if they choose to leave, and um, the monthly isn't exorbitant for a year-round group. And then there's another tier, which will be the nonprofit youth programs, because obviously there's issues here with isolated, you know, wintertime limited activities. And sure, kids and, absolutely. Um, they've got the hockey rink. There's a boys and girls club, which I don't know how much the local kids get to use that when they're a little older, like more, you know, 12 to 18 um, seems to be a little old for the boys and girls club and you know they're getting into sports hopefully and what we want to do is support uh, local athletes and students and give them access to the facilities give them guidance and have some of our founding members even help them with letters um, when it comes time for college admission and basically try and create opportunities for these kids not dissimilar to what the golf clubs doing um, It'd be a training center for high school athletes, basically. And especially in the winter when school's in and, and summer residents are gone, you know, we've got to be cognizant of the cost of wear and tear and the building and everything else. But, um, you know, I was kind of like one of those kids. And so I'm very passionate about the power of sports and the ability to um, kind of put a kid on the right path and give them something positive and constructive to do with their time and energy and teach them a lot about life lessons, just hard work and teamwork and, you know, uh, sportsmanship and character and all these, you know, basics that, um, that sometimes kids, you know, don't learn if they have limited access to sports and in general. Um, just thinking of life lessons and like, I'm sure you feel like you've learned some life lessons already and just the steps coming here, you know, what are some of the ones you've learned? <laughs> some of the ones I've learned. Um, Especially, specifically about the, you know, trying to get this off the ground, you know, there's all these, I'm sure there's been some, you know, the hurdles and stuff that you've had to go through. I guess everybody's got their own approaches and I tend to be pretty extroverted. I'm kind of introverted on my own, but when I need to be, I can be very extroverted and, uh, that can be a strength, but the, out of everything I've learned, I, I think the key is to remain humble, just at all times. Just like really don't get too excited, don't get too bummed out, just try and maintain that middle ground, almost slightly detached, you know, from the ups and downs of, of the business going on and just trying to 
stay keep, keep the main thing the main thing and stay focused on that and who's your go-to guy who's your who do you look up to like in business who's your if you had to pick one guy who's your it's like Steve Jobs or someone like a who's the coach the LA guy <laughs> the LA Lakers coach yeah I'm trying to think of all the people that had all these like business you know these sports people that have come out and a lot of business people cite them is, uh, or it could be Ivan uh, uh, from Patagonia, right? Can, can I can I phrase this a different way? Sure. I'm super disappointed in the uh, health and wellness industry. Okay. I don't see anybody really doing a great job of delivering a powerful message and a and a, a a real vehicle for people to kind of um, implement change in their life. And um, well, there's the guy from that's on the the Biggest Loser. He's sort of like a the the Hollywood fitness guru guy with the tattoos, you know that guy? Yeah, and that's my issue. Like for me, that's not my inspiration. That's a guy who's doing a great job building himself a little marketing empire. But I don't. I don't and the know. woman, what's the woman's name? She's also gone on and built like these huge. fitness empires based Super around impressive, them. like huge revenue and all that. But still, not not my uh, idol, if you will. You know, yeah. again, my my whole thing is completely different. Well, your demographic is different. Definitely. But what I'm after is what I enjoy, like kind of like playing music and putting together a great band and, um, you know, kind of watching it come alive. And it's way bigger than you as a um, you know, band leader or even the member in the band. Um, it takes on a life of its own. This business is kind of the same. You set up the facility to reflect the people in the programs that will be there and you let them do what they do best and you support them and give, some, give them some guidance. And it lights up like a, like a busy hotel. You know, people want to be there. They want to be around these people. People are getting transformed. And you just sort of step back and you're like, wow, this, to me, that's what matters. That's the legacy that I want to leave behind is I was somebody who created lots of impactful improvement in, in whatever communities I'm involved in. Um, for rich and for poor. Like, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess that's cool. Going out and making a million bucks on a DVD that nobody uses is great, and that's the American way, but it, it's not what I focused on. This thing right here that we're doing was my, when I, I just, so I moved out here in December. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I was, I, my background's been in entertainment, and commercials and acting and stuff, and now. Nantucket, I was like, God, there should be a podcast out here because there's so many interesting people like yourself that have stories. And uh, so this is, you know, I, we went to, I saw you at the Nantucket Project. Yeah, that and was we, great. It was pretty cool. Really great. Neil Young. Amazing. I mean, come on. Yeah. I think uh, the Nantucket Project was really uh, something that, that is groundbreaking almost for the Nantucket community. And I, I, I wrote an essay to get my pass. Nice. You know, yeah. I didn't have any ins. Yeah. Because I've been very critical of some things that I see happen out here that I would call, like Neil Young said, you know, if you, if you have a voice, you have a choice. And some things that seem a little kind of bullshit to me. Mm. There's a lot of these events out here that I'd love to attend, but I don't make enough money to attend. Mm -hmm. And, but the Nantucket Project offered passes and I wrote the essay. Thanks, thanks to the carps, I believe. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, people uh, harp on the carps. Those are horrible rhyme right there but uh because you know they're big real estate uh monsters yeah, yeah. <laughs> or invent big real estate people out here but you know at the end of the day they're business people people everyone needs a job right and they just happen to be in the real estate business i, I have a theory 
Yeah. It was actually not my theory. It was shared with me by a uh, friend, Meryl Whitmer, from, uh, from New York City, a client and friend. And she said, everybody has a prejudice. And their prejudice is always whatever they have. So if they're educated, they look down on uneducated people. If they're poor, they look down on wealthy people. If they're, right, whatever their, their race is or their sex or their orientation, they tend to be the best and everybody else is a little notch lower. And we all kind of look at the world through that lens, or at least we, maybe we don't all, but um, it's easy to fall into that um, mode pretty pretty quickly if you're not very conscious of it. Not that I'm any different. Um, no, we all have prejudice. We all have biases, it's, it, but it's something to be aware of. And yeah, absolutely. And out here it seems to clash because it's so extreme and it's so small and it's so uh, everything's in your face, you know, um, that it's hard to to miss it if the ticket's five grand you're like well that's great but right yeah, you said it, it extremes this island functions on extremes yeah. yes it does which is part of what makes it so fun to be here <laughs> it is and, and and obviously it's pretty amazing as uh, i surfed with uh isaiah and i were surfing yesterday for two hours <laughs> and it was gorgeous yeah. september is the amazing month Incredible. Anyway, back to the Nantucket Project, because I saw you there, and I thought that was a pretty cool uh, thing that was going on the island. Agreed. I think it's very, very powerful. And those two that are putting it on are clearly have a vision, you know. And I think uh, initially I was like, oh, the Nantucket Project. There's another thing that I would love to be involved in, but I don't. I didn't know how. And I wrote the essay, and I got to go. So it was cool. Now I'm like, whoa, I had a bias towards that. I was like, oh, the Nantucket Project, it's just something that happens out here, but it's not for me. Hmm. Even though I wanted to be involved in it, I was kind of a hater on it. Uh, but I realized, I saw on Facebook that uh, they were going to give locals a pass if you wrote in this essay, and they did. So to their credit, they kept to their word. Hmm. And I think it's uh, that is a thing that's really giving to the community. Every business out here should um, function that way. We're, you know, If you're a business owner, then you're benefiting from the community. If you're benefiting from the community, then you should be supporting that community. Um, it's a fine line, you know. I think uh, when people post that we should be solving the housing crisis, I think that's kind of a stretch, right? I didn't create it. I can't fix it. But, you know, I can do my part to create jobs and create housing. Um, I think that, you know... It was interesting that that got... I did see the, a couple of those comments that that got lumped into that. And I think that if you had to pull the, the strings apart on that, you'd see that those are two separate issues i think yeah not untrue it's like well let's why sh why shouldn't we solve the housing crisis well by all means go ahead i'm not stopping you with my athletic club you know if that's your agenda then then go to it but it doesn't necessarily get superimposed onto our initiative because you think which is it you know it's just people on facebook i find it quite quite amusing half the time uh the arguments are are you know, not comprehensive, I would say. Yeah, and it's that, well, there's a knee-jerk reaction, I think. Yeah. And I did see one comment that I thought was pretty apropos of the scenario with it, regarding the club. It was that just, listen, it's a free market. It's a business opportunity. The market will dictate whether it's a success or not. Yeah, that's So it. what does that, how does that affect us? Yeah. Yes, there's other issues out here, but, you know... It, and this is part of having you on this show was to have you, you know, listen, you're a guy that got an opportunity and you're passionate about it and you're trying to make the community better with it. That's the way I looked at it. And, and to, to your point with the Nantucket project or, or as I was saying, any business really has 
responsibility to support the community and we fully intend to do so in a very sincere way not because I've made any promises for which I owe anything but just because it's the right thing to do and I I would I would want to like and look at most of these folks who have become you know supporters of the community and uh, Tom from from Nantucket Project you know before you become a philanthropist you essentially have to become somewhat successful and that's it's tough to give back when you haven't even built the business yet so i think the conversation is not necessarily premature but it's not the the first focus the first focus is to create a successful club attract the right people on the island who will support it and help bring it to reality and stabilize it and then as and when you say right people i think some people think oh that's just the wealthy people well so we take it the other way so let's reverse it why don't we bring everybody in the community on board for you know cheap and then you would basically never be able to afford to create it and it would be very difficult to then attract your summer residents and so the socioeconomics of it are that you know personal training and physical therapy these are typically services reserved for those who can afford them who wouldn't want a personal trainer what's the problem well they're kind of expensive um so I think the reality is the business is geared towards the summer residents. I'm not trying to say that's not the case, but I'm saying we have a, a duty to the community to also make these you know, very high quality and high end programs and services and facilities available at uh, a, rel- a relatively affordable price, not so different than the Nantucket Project. And it's, it's the same with the Nantucket Project. Like you couldn't, you know, sell passes to year-round residents only for $100 and then and have me, to support the Nantucket project. Like, right, that's it's ex- no different. You know, I was looking there, all the lights and all the camp. That's ex- that costs money, the tent, Tons. all that stuff. Tons. And, the, you know, that's a year in, the plan- a year in planning. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing I was going to point out, too, and I don't know if you agree, is it's just, it's just change. Sometimes people don't like the idea of change. And I think Nantucket, I've only been here five years, yeah. and I think it's changed. But I couldn't agree with you more. It seems like everybody did, doesn't like what's new. And then after a while, it's not so new. And they see what it's doing in the community. And you, I don't think you can get very far being a villain around here. So in the end, you know, you're, you do the right things. And next thing you know, hopefully the community is, you know, appreciating your contribution. And, and that just seems to be the process. Yeah. So when do you guys break? I know it's my dog making, uh, he, he, he sounds like a Star Wars Chewbacca thing. Oh, no, that is your dog. (laughs) That is your dog. Sorry about that, folks. Our our dogs are outside, and uh, that is your dog makes the same noise as mine. Chewbacca. Yeah, they they make like Star Wars noises. Um, So, when do you guys break ground? Well, um, with a little luck later this fall or early this winter, January, December, January. There's still some things that have to go before you actually. Yeah, still, we've gotten town approval and HTC approval, but we still have to have all the final building plans uh, permitted, you know, the building permits themselves. So it's a lot of work for the architects and engineers. And and then the zoning? Is that a zoning issue? That, no, 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 no. Zoning's all it's a, That's all done? Mm-hmm. And you're, is there any chance that those will have hiccups? or? I would say uh, there's always a chance, especially on Nantucket, but um, slim. You know, we're not making any major changes, so I don't foresee any, any issues. The big hurdle was the HDC... In, in the, the town, in the really town. The, the planning board approval is the big one. Yeah. HDC is also very challenging, but, um, you know, if you don't get approved, there's no project. Yeah. That's it. it. There's a lot of 
politics that definitely go on out here, sure, and it's not easy, but they wouldn't have approved it if they didn't think it was necessary, you know? Well, right? it's not that they, they don't have the right to decide whether it's necessary or not. It's more that they have the right to decide whether or not it abides by the zoning laws of traffic and consideration for the neighbors, and is it um, on the right uh, zoned property? Is it going to create issues? Is it going to create accidents or traffic jams or bikers getting run over on the bike path? And the fact is that this project is much, much lower impact than the 40 homes that could potentially be on that property, which would be much higher impact, um, you know, economically and, and from an um, environmental standpoint, um, much more traffic. So our, our program actually um, is a very good use, and I think the town recognized that. And it's also evidenced by the fact that there was virtually no, you know, community pushback whatsoever. Um, you know, people can say whatever they want on Facebook, but we were in the public records for six months in the planning board, and nobody was that motivated to show up. So. Well, that's an, an interesting point to point out. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know... Keyboard warriors. Yeah, for sure. Most of them don't even live on Nantucket. They don't understand it. They're just reacting to the headline. Which, which, which was something I wanted to bring up, too. There was so much clickbait out there. Yeah. And the fact that it was, you know, the, the club was on Boston.com. Yeah. People really know how to spin it, you know, and any press is good press, so I'll take it. Maybe I'll, I'll comment a little less in the future, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's your own choice. I thought you were pretty bold for engaging in that, because uh, I've listened to a lot of other people talk about Twitter comments and celebrities and stuff, and they just finally, you know, they can only engage so much before it's just a vicious cycle, yeah. you know? Yeah. But my, my approach has been to just um, get out there verbally and let people know, um, you know, there's a subliminal thing to, you can say whatever you want on social. Well, until the person that you're talking about is standing right there, then you think about it a little bit more, which is all I was trying to do. I don't take it personally. I don't take offense. I feel like most of these folks only have part of the information anyway, so they're reacting. And I just try and let them know, hey, I'm here. Let's try and keep it productive. Yeah, is there any other information you'd like yeah. to get out there? What questions, what's your what's your burning cause here? Maybe I can help you uh, accomplish it. Otherwise, if you're just complaining, then, you know. Get in line. Yeah, or get lost. <laughs> or get lost. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything personally, though, you'd like, you'd like to clear up? Do you feel like, I really wanted this to be an opportunity for you to talk at length about it. Because people will listen, you know. Yeah. Nothing, uh, you know, my only major thing is... Um, my wife had a good quote the other day, uh, try being informed and not just opinionated. And, and that's not a, a judgment or an insult that I'm just saying that my point is like, I'm here, I'm super present. I'm a very normal guy, very passionate about this. I'm, I'm not the, uh, you know, 800 pound gorilla that some people may assume is behind a project of this scope. And, um, you know, I always take the time to meet with people. I'm going to the community school later this afternoon and we're developing programs that we can connect on and help create access and you know like and other businesses are going to be involved too you should mention other, that Hallover Hallover the brewery the green um, you know we've, we're creating tons of jobs around squash and fitness and spa and pool activation um, yeah so definitely it's a strong community in that respect. Um, but I guess all I was going to say is like, I love talking about this stuff. I think what we even haven't even hit on, but the obesity epidemic wellness, it's one of the biggest, you know, question marks in, in, in 
initiatives it needs to be of, of our generation and that's what I'm passionate about building buildings charging a lot of money that stuff is what has to be done to push the envelope but the true focus of the conversation should be what can we do that will be great for the community what programs what services you know what facilities how can we be impactful and so for anybody out there before you um, jump and judge me based on the price tag of a very high-end club on Nantucket um, get to know me right is, is all I'm getting at and you know very available my email my info everything's out there on the website so hit me up and let's do something and um, and if I come up short or if I don't do what I say I'm gonna do then then that's a different story what's your email address so people can if they're in, listening <laughs> info at Isaiah Nantucket there you go so folks you got questions for him you got a beef he's open he'll sit down with you well I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me my pleasure it was really, uh, it was really interesting, and, and I'm really glad that you had a chance to sit down. And hopefully, hopefully, it feels like uh, you're able to explain a little more in depth. And it does, and and I appreciate being invited on by you. And I think it's a great thing that you're doing here for Thanks, the community. Man. I'll be sure to tune in and support it and spread the word. Right on, man. Cool. Thanks. All right, All right folks. There you have it, Isaiah Truman, the Isaiah Athletic Club, coming soon to Nantucket. Hopefully that was informative. Hopefully, uh, I think it gave a little more information. Uh, be a little more informed about what exactly he's trying to do. Passionate guy. And uh, I guess it'll wait and see if the market will sustain something like that. You know? Um, pretty cool, though. Thanks for sitting down, Isaiah. Episode 17. That's it, folks. It's... Uh, it's September. Enjoy the fall weather. Uh, episode 18 will be coming up soon, guys. Thanks for checking out Inside the Whale. As always, if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to give me an email at uh, insidethewhaleack at gmail.com.